Hey, I know it's late, but can we talk? You are listening to All Things Rosie, a podcast by a young nobody centered around those late night DMs with your bestie, exploring all parts of the life, opinions, and inner thoughts of a 19 year old restless for honesty and an escape, where you're reminded that you're not alone. Everyone thinks it too. All right, let's talk all things me again. Would that be a shocker? No, because this is my podcast and you have to deal with it. Oh, listen to that audio so much better. I got a new microphone. I really apologize for last week. I didn't realize it was that shitty until I heard it. And then I realized you could only hear it out the left side of the headphone. And then I was just like, fuck it. You know what? They have to deal with it. First podcast always crap. Uh, but we're here now. We have a new one. It's beautiful. It's my baby. It's sitting right in front of me. Mm, it's so nice. Um, anyway, I hope you guys are having a really good week. I'm having an okay one. I mean, we're still in quarantine. We still have like over a week to go, but plodding along um, and just, you know, going about life. I hope you guys are really good. Um or at least better than usual, because I'm feeling in a good boo today. A good boo? Wow, get your English right, Rose. Um, in a good mood. I'm, I'm really excited about the topic that we're talking about today. But before I say that, I am so overwhelmed with all of the love. Guys, you literally, I, I literally warms my heart. Like, I got so many messages and DMs and, like, of just people telling me that I, you know, last episode really hit home with them and they could you know it really resonated with them and their thoughts and feelings and stuff and even if they did it people were like telling me how proud they are of me and oh it just made me so happy like I think this is like kind of reinforced my my want to do this because it it means I get to connect with you guys and connect with people and that's really what I want to do like that's the whole reason why I started this like even though I'm kind of doing it as a solo one I eventually don't want it to be solo in the in the end but even like just texting with you guys and like uh, it, it lets me like pick out your brain a little bit and it just that's what I love that's what I love is getting to know new people making new friends talking to people about all this stuff that I want to talk about at 9 54 on a Saturday night even though you guys will be listening to this on a Wednesday it's Saturday night right now um and holy fucking shit we hit 600 downloads in a day like what the hell is that that is insane you guys are crazy i am so shocked by that that is beyond me i'm oh i did did not deserve that like that's fucked i didn't even know 600 people yeah all right let's be honest 350 that probably my mum listening to it um that many times because she's a mum what else is she supposed to do um (laughs) and yeah I just I loved you know hearing with like being with you guys and like listening to what you guys had to say and your stories about it all like that is just like oh I could not have asked for a better first episode a better first release and I'm really glad that you guys enjoy it and I hope this episode kind of does the same you know thing for you guys I'm really excited about this topic I kind of never shut up about it I mean it's part of my identity so that's kind of where I'm at with it but um Yeah, so today, you guys probably already know by the title, we're talking about sexuality and all things that, because it has been a journey of mine for the past two years, and I think I've learned a lot over the way. I've been in a few relationships with the same sex and the opposite sex and whatever and all that type of stuff, and it's kind of given me, I don't know, I kind of, I I kind of dub myself like a little bit of a fairy godmother when it comes to this shit, because I've had to have gone through so much stuff to do with it and a lot of self-discovery and a lot of like you know really focusing on myself to make sure that I knew what I was doing etc 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 um so yeah it'll definitely be more centered around sexuality and not like relationships because I you know obviously want to keep people's you know privacy and stuff like that but and relationships could be a total other um topic but I kind of wanted to do this you know semi-guided by you guys because I I mean there are just so many ways I could have approached this topic sexuality is a huge umbrella um and I feel like I could just pick one topic and ramble forever so I kind of wanted to do what you guys wanted so I obviously ask you guys questions like I do or I will be doing every week um for you guys to send in questions or things you need advice on or stories you want to hear and all that type of stuff um so there at the end so I've got I think I think I've chose like 10 or so of the best ones or ones that I thought would give the best advice or the best kind of um you know get the most out of me get get me rambling you know because that's what this is all about (laughs) um but yeah so I I think I'll kind of start from the start again but like I so I came out in mid 2018 I think I think it was 2018 
Fuck, I have to check that. But that's... Okay, we're going to go with mid-2018. Um, I came out as bisexual. So that just over two years ago. Now, I was in year 11. Yeah, so it would have been 20... Yeah, it would have been 2018. My God. I need to stop, like, second-guessing myself. Um, and so, yeah, that's been a two-year journey so far. That's insane. I didn't even think about that. Every so often, I'll, like, go through, like, my Snapchat camera roll or whatever, and it'll, like, come up with <laughs> memory from that day, and I'll be like... Oh, wow. So I thought I'd start off by talking about my story and how I came about it and how I, you know, sort of got it within myself to come out, why I decided to come out, how I did it, you know, all my experience with the whole LGBTQ community. And then I'll kind of go into more sexuality in general and like my thoughts and opinions on it um, and, you know, kind of being a part of that community today in like 2020 and Oh my god, there are fucking seagulls right outside my door that just decided to squawk. Why at 9.57 at night? Just shut the... I'm sorry if you can hear that. Um, yeah, so I think that's how I'm going to roll with it. And then I'll have the questions and stuff at, at, at the end. So, yeah, so picture it. It's mid-2018. Um, I was a very insecure little year 11. I was in a very secure long-term relationship for majority, majority of my teen years. Um, I, you know through the years that a lot of people were probably discovering this thing, things about themselves, you know, from a super young age, I didn't really have to do that because I was happy and in my, you know, in that situation I was in. Um, so I didn't feel the need to, to know that type of stuff. I think I, I knew deep down, but yeah, it just didn't apply to me at the time. So there was no need for me to go out and discover that or whatever. Um, it was only at the end of that you know, that relationship when it came to a close that I sort of, it kind of trickled into my brain and started coming to the forefront of my mind a bit, a bit more um, than it had been in the past. There was no, like, when I was growing up, I didn't really have, like, any LGBT represent, LGBTQ plus re representation at all, like, as when I was younger. I mean, I remember this, oh, the one thing that sticks in my brain the one, the one story that I remember was when I was at my first high school and we got called in for an assembly and, oh, fuck, what year level was I in? Oh, I don't even remember what year level I was in. Really young though, I think. Like maybe year eight. Oh, it must have been because I left half of year eight. So year seven or year eight. Um, so it was like either 12 or 13. Yeah, so this student, so we were in assembly um, and this student got up to talk and they came out as gender fluid and... I just remember thinking like to the whole school, they hadn't even come out to their friends yet. And they came out to the whole entire school. And I remember just sitting there thinking like, holy fuck, that is so brave. Like, damn, that is got to take some courage to, to stand up and do that. And that's something that's always like stuck in my brain. And, and it wasn't that they like were gender fluid or the fact it was just like the bravery, of, like the whole coming out thing. And like to the whole entire school, like that, I, got, I was gobsmacked. I was like, holy shit, that is like insane. I was happy for them. I was like, damn, like, to have the confidence in yourself and to know yourself, like, to be able to do that and to be so, like, sure of yourself to be able to do that, that, that must be something that's, like, really freeing. Um, anyway, yeah, so that was, like, the only thing I kind of remember at, at school, like, vividly. Um, and then, like, when I was younger and then, um, my godmother's gay. I don't really see much of her anymore, but, um, she was gay, so, but, and so was my auntie on my dad's side, but, that's not really like something that when I was growing up was like defining to me because my parents and stuff were they're all super normal about it like it was just them um so whenever they had girlfriends or partners or whatever it was just like you know the norm so that's not really like a defining thing when I when I think of them as people it's not really a thing that I'm like oh yeah they're gay like that's not a huge part of their personality because they were adults and like really far into their lives like they had other things that you know were more like a more protruding personality traits I guess the only representation that I really remember um, from myself, I had no gay friends. I had no anything. Yeah, so it was just kind of like normal. I wasn't really like brought up in a household where it was like weird or like anything like that. It just wasn't really like a, a, thing, a thing really. Um, but something... You know, my story kind of really starts with sexuality and my ex exploration of it was when I joined footy 
Um, <laughs> not, not local footy. Local footy was very much like, cause it was just girls of my area and stuff. And they're very much like down here again. I mean, jumping back to last week, ep- last week's episode, there isn't really like an LGBTQ plus like community out here. I mean, I'm sure there is, but at the time there wasn't really like who I was friends with and the groups that I would hang out with. There really wasn't at all. It was very much kind of just normal, um, kind of straight girls was you know my footy team and stuff locally but then when I joined representative footy so like expanding that horizon a little bit um was when I kind of you know was really thrust into that whole community and it's really funny because there's this whole stereotype around footy and oh in particular women's footy obviously that it's like this whole gay thing it's whole like you know people tend to spin it spin a negative narrative where they say oh you know playing footy makes you gay like the sport makes you gay like you can't play the footy you can't play footy for straight which is so not true um I was talking with a friend about it today who kind of reminded me of like how to word word it and it's and it's definitely that yeah okay it might feed into the stereotype as in a lot of women who do play footy tend to either swing both ways or you know are lesbian or you know, have had girlfriends in the past, but now have boyfriends or any, or, you know, start off with boyfriends that end up with girls, whatever. But so that, that for that part of it, it does, but it's more so the, the comfortable feeling in the community of footy and especially like representative footy and higher up. It is so accepted, especially in women's footy. It is so like normal. Like it is such a normal thing. Like when you like go to footy and and someone's like oh this is my girlfriend or whatever it's not even like no one bats an eyelid it's uh, it's so accepting it's so like coaches staff like everyone players it's it's not a weird thing I think it's very interesting because my my friend brought it up she was like she was like if that was reciprocated in the outside community like that feeling of how comfortable we are and I can say it like from first-hand experience I was so comfortable with the environment that was like women's footy when I was playing it like it was it's so comforting and it's so like very family and you feel very safe to be yourself and you know because you're super vulnerable like you know when you're playing with everyone and obviously to have a team and be successful you have to be you have to be super open with your team and close and trust each other and and that whole environment you know kind of nurtures that and and so it's it's not that the sport is gay because it's not I mean, if that was if that was the case, then all the men that would be playing footy would be gay, and obviously we see that that's not true. Um, I think it's it's opposite for men's footy. I think there's a different problem that needs to be tackled there with kind of the homophobia side of it. It's very opposite to the women's, where there's predominantly predominantly straight, you know, um, community there, and I feel like there's a problem that needs to be tackled with you know homophobia and like the fans and everything if if a player was to come out as openly gay um as compared to the women's I think that's somewhere where women's footy is more advanced in acceptance and all that type of stuff um which is funny because a lot of people bag women's footy out a lot more when we're kind of a little bit more progressive I guess that's kind of where I started being like, oh, people, people have girlfriends. Like, that's a thing. Like, like that's not, just not something that, you know, I've, you know, wasn't something that I was seeing from outside of the box anymore. I was in that box. I was, I was there. I was seeing it firsthand. I made friends that had girlfriends. I met them. I, you know, was hanging out with all these people and it was very much, you know, um, eye opening to say the least, <laughs> to say the least. And, you know, that's kind of like, yeah, when I, when I started to question it and, and, and I met a few people that I kind of clicked with and whatever. And, and then after that, at this time, that long-term relationship had ended and, and all that type of stuff. And I was kind of like, you know what, like, why not, why not experiment? Why not have some fun? Why not just like, cause I, I sort of always knew, but I didn't really want to admit it to myself. And I think it's the whole idea of internalized homophobia. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd had this, you know, sort of relationship that people had, you know, been like high school sweethearts, like you guys are gonna get married, like all this type of stuff. And it was like major pressure on both of us. And I think, you know, that kind of fed on to me a different way that I had this kind of standard to uphold. And I was, I was very much scared about what people would think of me. And, you know, again, back to last episode, small town gossip, the whole thing. I, I was super scared of that. And I think I knew a lot sooner before I came out. And I think the reason 
that was, was because I wanted to be so sure of myself. I wanted to be so accepting of myself and I wanted to get rid of that internalized homophobia and, and, and make sure, like, just be so sure of myself and accept myself who I, for who I was before, before I came out and gave people the opportunity to not accept who I was, because then it wouldn't matter, you know, if, if they, if they didn't accept me for who I was, because I already did internally. And in in my mind, I was perfect and I was myself and I was being really true to myself. And yeah, so that's kind of my story. Like I, I, you know, joined footy, met all these people, um, you know, had a, had a few experiences here and there, had a few parties, um, and kind of was like, yeah, girls, they're great. Boys are great too, but girls, <laughs> women. Um, and then I, yeah, decided to come out. I met, you know, my first girlfriend and then I came out to my friends and my family. I had come out like to my partner at the time before that. So like my first partner of the long-term relationship um in private and like I'd done that quite a few months before I came out to everyone else um because I felt like it was something that I needed to you should something you share with a person um when you're in a relationship with them I think that's really important to go through that together and and they were super supportive and all that type of stuff um so that was the first person I came out to and then it was close friends, a couple of close friends, and then my family, and then the rest, everyone kind of just found out after that. And yeah, and I've had a really positive experience, you know, to say the least. And I can say that from a really privileged position, and I know I'm privileged about that. Um, Because I know not a lot of people get that opportunity to have a really, you know, accepting and warm and welcoming coming out experiences I did um and not a lot of people get to come out you know to their parents or their friends and stuff I think it's a really scary thing which I'll talk about more later there's a few questions on it um but yeah that's kind of the whole gist of mine and now I'm living my best life as a bisexual chick um so yeah I don't know how many people knew that a lot of people sort of know my story because it was very kind of um how I of course my phone buzzes in the middle of this um how everyone sort of found out was because like I told a certain group of people and I told like my close friends and my family and then I just kind of (laughs) posted the relationship status on my Facebook and just sort of let everyone find out I didn't even like people do coming out posts whatever and I was like nah fuck it post the relationship status and let people just you know experience it for themselves like truly like that's fun um (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking. I was just, yeah, a bit out of it. Um, anyway, that's that. That's my story. I hope you guys enjoyed that little story time. Um, not not very interesting. I mean, it wasn't this whole, like, revelation, blah, blah, blah. It was just very, very kind of average, I feel. Sexuality in general. I, th- I think it's a really funny concept. I think it's it's a very... I think it's focused on a lot more than it should be. As in, like, it's a... It's too much of a, a stress on people. I feel like it should be less stressful. I feel like it should be a much more positive experience than it is for a lot of people. And I need to have some water. It's fucking thirsty. Yeah, I think it's a very funny concept. I think, yeah, like I said, I think it puts a lot of pressure on people when it shouldn't. I think it should be a very fun experience and, like, you know, should be something that's enjoyed and, like, you know, kind of reveled in rather than being such a scary, stressful thing. I think it's stupid I I have this theory and I've told a few people this and I made a TikTok about it um (laughs) when I not make a TikTok about things um but I have this theory right not a lot not everyone's gonna agree with me on this but this is just what I think in my head I I think that everyone's like you know born by but some people you know and then then each person has like this one person that'll like that like will, will turn them in a sense or like this one person that will ignite their the bias in them um but some people never meet that 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 person in their life um so then they just stay straight but then whereas other people like meet that person and then you know might you know fuck around with them for a bit and then turn by and then maybe go gay or lesbian or whatever and go down the different paths but I think that that's my theory at least I don't I think everyone should be born by I think it'd make more sense than to be born straight 
to be honest. But that's that's just my take on it. Um, yeah. But I think there, yeah, there's definitely a lot of freeing aspects about exploring and discovering who you are. And, oh, my leg's cramping um, in that sense. But I think it can, you know, as we are right now in 2020, like, going through it, I think it still can be a very restricting and isolating thing. Probably not, well, definitely not in the same sense as it would have, like, you know, 50 years ago or even 30 or 20 years ago. It's in different ways. And, like, I feel my view on sexuality in 2020 is is kind of interesting because I feel I feel very lucky to be living in a time and place where you know it's much more socially accepted and the place where like the LGBTQ plus community is very much a part of the norm you know of of normal society like when you think of society and naming off the different groups that's that's one that's now very prominent and very you know uh, widely accepted let me put it that way it's a good way of putting it, Rose. But obviously there are still stories and experiences where that doesn't occur. It's not, I'm, I'm just kind of making a generalization here. You know, I'm not trying to um, invalidate anyone who's had bad experiences, but I'm just, yeah, sort of talking in stereotypes, generalization of society. We are a lot more, you know, accepted than we were, you know, certain times ago. But I feel like there is a kind of a creeping sense of toxicity sort of into the community itself. So into like the LGBTQ plus community. Um, And it's very interesting because being bi, I found a lot or like labeling myself that way. I found a lot of people have so many opinions and so many views on my label, like my personal label, like my journey, myself, my, my, you know, little, little asterisk star that says bye a lot a lot of people have a lot of shit to say about that and it's very funny because I'm I'm not a person like that if someone wants to talk to me about it like I'm a very very open book and all of my friends know this like ask me anything I'm will talk to you about you know sex or relationships or whatever but I, I I find it the amount of times that I sit down to talk to someone about it and they just they just they'll ask you questions and and they have an answer in your head. Like, oh, the most prominent one I get. The most prominent question all the time. What's your ratio? <laughs> I get all the time, all the time. And like, I'll give them an answer. But like, if I if I feel like saying that I don't have one, because being bi isn't about having a ratio, you know. Some people like putting numbers on it and whatever. I find it very difficult to answer sometimes because I still don't know myself. I'm still on my journey. But <laughs> people ask that and you say, oh, I don't, I don't have one. They're like, no, no, no. But like, what's your ratio? And I'm like, well, no, I don't, I don't have one. And they're like, no. But like, what's your ratio? Rose, Rose, what's your, my other bitch. Like, I don't have one. Like they ask you these questions and I sit there a lot because like they have this pre-planned answer in their head and they're not going to stop until they get their answer. So I just give up and I'm like, oh, 50-50. They're like, oh, that makes sense because you're buying. I'm like, well, no fucking shit, Sherlock. Thank you, Captain Obvious fucking hell I can't get away from it um but yeah that's probably the most common question I get but yeah like I said so many opinions and views um and like even though that's kind of like a more of a positive one the amount of negative ones is insane I like there was a rumor spreading for so long like this is horrific that I was like a cheater like on on my long-term partner like my first one that I had cheated because I was bi like that person went an entire year thinking that I had cheated on them because people decided that because I was bi, I was suddenly a cheater and that, you know, I'm not low. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, that blew my mind. I've been told that, you know, that I was a lesbian and I was just embarrassed to fully come out. You know, I was faking it for attention. And then, that, oh, on top of that, you know, there's a whole being fetishized and asked for threesomes purely because I was bi. Like, oh my God, the amount of those is crazy. But I mean, I'm not saying this to scare people or scare, you know, baby gays or scare whoever, you know, might be listening to this, but I'm just kind of, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to cover everything. Like I said, it's a really broad topic, but there is definitely heaps and heaps of positives. And I've had a very positive coming out experience and being, you know, buying all that type of stuff has been really good to me and it's, and it's, and it's improved my mental health and who I am and my identity and all that type of stuff to the max, but I'm not going to shy away from like the shitty things because there have been shitty things and there has been shitty experiences in it. And I think everyone, 
like it sucks, but a lot of people do experience it. And I, I think it's something that still needs to be talked about because even though to my face, it's been, it's been pretty good and everyone's been pretty accepting. I know shit gets talked behind my back. Like I don't care what you say, but I know it happens. Like I'm not stupid. Um, so yeah, biphobia is very much real. Um, and I think um, it's a thing that people really need to get the fuck over, like people being bi. And I can't really talk about, you know, other labels because I don't have that experience fully of what it's, you know, like. So I'm only talking from my perspective, but hopefully this kind of can apply because to everyone. But I think it's very much, yeah, I think people need to get the fuck over. Like grow up, get over it, people are bi. It's a thing. It's a real thing. If anyone fucking says to you, then it's a phase. Oh my God. It's a phase. Oh, I'm so glad that my mother never spoke those words to me. I would have moved out in a second. Um, I think people get that generalization because a lot of, you know, people tend to come out as bi first and to cushion, to cushion kind of the blow, not the blow, but like the news that they're actually gay or lesbian. And I think, like, that's fine. Like, people can do that. That's that's totally their choice. I think it's a very safe way to come out. I think it's a really good kind of path to go down. Um, but that help, that kind of doesn't really help, you know, the people who aren't a part of the LGBTQ plus community who see that and they're like, oh, people just use it as like a hopscotch or a stepping stone. You know, if you're bi, you must be gay, you know, type thing. Um, but yeah, in the community itself, I feel like there's a very interesting dynamic and like a polar experience between bi girls and bi guys. And this is something I kind of wanted to touch on because I find it, I find it very interesting how different we get treated and not in the sense of like individuals, but like as two different entities, like bisexual girls, bisexual guys, there's like people tend to be a lot harsher on bi boys than bi girls, which is fucked because if a guy comes out as bi, right, majority of the time or from people that I've spoken to and stuff, it's it's really hard for girls to date that guy because they can't get over the fact that he's too gay for them. Like, apparently, if a guy's bi, that's too gay for girls. Like, people have been told that to their face. That is, what the fuck, man? And, like, like but then, but then apparently, like, if they're too gay to date, but nah, nah, they can be fetishized as a gay best friend. Like, which doesn't make sense because he's not gay, he's bi. Which, and and I mean, no guy should be fetishized to be gay. But for bi guys, it's just one cop after another. I mean, they, they're too gay for girls. So then they just get fetishized. Like, beyond me. On the other hand, bi girls are treated very differently. But, you know, it's kind of flipped. Bi girls are fetishized by bi guys. <laughs> I mean, by straight boys. <laughs> in general, like, severely fetishized, like, first-hand experiences, bitches, like, fucking hell, I don't know, if I had a girlfriend at the time, and I was at the club, and I was, like, out, and, like, I was kissing a girlfriend, the amount of guys would just stand there and, like, stand there and stare at you, it's disturbing, I'm, like, take a fucking picture, like, damn, like, okay, um, the amount of times you get asked for a threesome, and, like, all this type of shit, like, it, we, it's fetishized, it's known, it's known, um, but then for girls, girls tend to have more of a nasty view on bi girls or gay girls. Like, they'll only have gay best friends if they're boy gay, not girl gay type thing. And I think that's a really interesting dynamic that no one really talks about. Like, people talk about it separately, but, like, the comparison between bi girls and bi guys is very interesting to me. Because um, I think it's, yeah, I think it's a kind of fucked up. Okay, this is going to get deep. This is going to get very deep for a second. I'm coming out fully vulnerable right now. Like, damn. Um... People ask me a lot, like, oh, Rose, like, how are you so secure, like, in your label? Like, you'll really, like, know yourself as bi. Like, it's, like, you know, you just know yourself. You're securing yourself. And to be honest, I'm not fully, like, I have, I'm still on my journey. I don't think it'll ever, you know, stop. For now, I'm comfortable with, like, that label. Like, that's, that's what I identify with most. That I, I, at the moment, guys and girls, give them, give me all. Um, <laughs> why not both? Well, I don't even know what that fucking ad is. Um, but... I'm not fully, and, and I don't know if it'll, if I'll ever be fully, fully, you know, secure in my, in a label because, or in, in a certain label, whether that's lesbian or bi or whatever, I'm definitely not straight, I can say that now. It's the most comfortable th- thing for me at the moment, and I guess it's kind of like for everyone who's questioning themselves or like 
in the middle of their journey or their sexuality journey or at any point, any stage for that matter, I think you never really stop doubting yourself. I think it's a very much a, a kind of a, an ongoing thing for the rest of your life where, you know, trends will come and go, which is a whole other thing I talk about, um, or whatever. And, and you kind of like you question yourself. You're like, fuck, am I, am I actually gay? Or like, fuck, like, do I, do I like girls? Like, do I, or am I doing this for attention? Like, is my internalized homophobia so bad that I genuinely just, I'm making this up because I'm an attention whore? <laughs> or like, you know, like, it's just never not a conversation. Like, there's a constant dialogue going in my head, man. There's just all the time going around, like, like, bitch, you are fake here. Like, imposter syndrome is hardcore. Um, but yeah, in all seriousness, I'm, I am bi and I say that now, but I'm not, I don't know. I, I still probably won't know, ever know, but I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with that now. I'm happy. I'm, I'm not rushing myself. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's like having these constant voices in your ears telling you like who you should be, you know, creating these boxes for each, you know, label to fit into. And, and, you know, that's, that's the type of stuff that I find very restricting and isolating. Um, in the community is like there's so many standards and trends and you know stereotypes of like these certain different types of gays or these certain different types of bi girls or bi guys or gay guys you know um or non-binaries or you know transgender people and it's it can be really damaging to a person's sort of self-discovery journey of like their identity and stuff um where they try and fit into these boxes but that's just not like it's not how, how it's supposed to go. It's supposed to be finding yourself. And we're all unique for beautiful reasons. Like, there shouldn't be any want to fit into boxes. Boxes are stupid. They're an uncomfortable shape um, <laughs> to begin with. And I, it's it's kind of funny that we say it's all about, you know, self-identity and finding ourselves and coming out as ourselves and whatever. And it's like shedding a skin. But it's... <laughs> sometimes the reality is not that. There's very much a a certain kind of look or type that we should be. And I think that can be very damaging to, especially young people when they're trying to figure that shit out because, you know, these days things are, people are maturing younger and younger. So for those people, that can suck. That can suck. I'm not not afraid to say that it can suck because it can. Um, But once you get to the other end of it and you're like, nah, I'm cool with just being myself, it's it's very freeing and, and it's... It's lovely. Um, so, yeah, I just... I just don't think it's ever going to be fully solidified in that sense. I don't think anyone's journey is ever going to be really fully satisfied or no one's ever going to be fully satisfied with their journey. In that, in, and I've talked to a lot of people who, who aren't. And, and some people are. Like, it's kind of... Um, a lot of people are very secure in themselves and, and know know them inside and out. For me personally, I, I'm comfortable with who I am and I and I I'm you know, it's not that I hate myself so that I don't want to come out, but I, I kind of wanna be fully sure if I was to change or if I was to, you know, come under another category or whatever, I'd I'd wanna be fully sure with myself. So I'm not, you know, rushing myself. That's not a thing. But but it's it's it's, you know, same goes for straight people sometimes, you know, they, they, they might experiment, they might, you know, fuck around, get with some people at parties, whatever, for a bit of fun, and then they figure out it isn't for them, you know, and, and some people don't, and, and, and I think it's such a personal experience, sexuality, and, and exploring that, I don't, I don't know why anyone wants to chime in, like, for sure, we'll talk to people about it, but to chime in on, like, people's, you know, journeys, or judge them for, you know, what they end up being, or what they end up coming out as, or, if they don't end up coming out, or how people go about it, or who, you know, how can you label yourself if you haven't dated someone? Like, shut the fuck up. Like, that is not dialogue that we need happening in the world at the moment. Like, it's it's already scary as it is to realise that about yourself and come to the realisation. But to have people who, I don't know, majority of the time it is straight people, like, I'm just going <laughs> to say that, that, that seem to have something to say about it. Um... Like, why are you chiming in? Like, why why are you talking about it? Like, it's not really your place. Um, yeah. Side note, people always ask me, like, what my sexual awakening was. Or was it bi? And I'm, 
a lot of people are like, oh my god, it was Hermione from Harry Potter. Like, people would expect me to say that. Or like, you know, it was a character. No. Fuck no. You know what mine was? Mine was the uncensored music video for Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams. (laughs) Seeing tits on the screen. Fucking fabulous. Let me just put you that way. I don't even know how... What what year did that come out? I'm going to have to need to look up what year that came out. Because that's funny. Oh yeah. 2013. 2013. I was 12. (laughs) Oh god. So that was mine. Not cute. Not like a little... Oh, I had a little crush on this girl. Nah, it was full blown just tits on my screen. That was it. (laughs) God. Okay. Questions time. Um, yeah, so like I said, I got a shit ton of questions. Um, I sort of chose 10 or so that I think uh, I'll be able to answer. I mean, what, we're already 40 minutes in. Cool. That's perfect. I said this was going to be a longer episode. Um, I'm just chilling. This is fun to talk about. I probably rambled like so fucking much, but oh well, this will be fun for me to edit. Um, okay. So someone wrote in and said, not so much sexuality, but relationships and how do you navigate your way through it being a bi girl? Um, Okay, I'm going to take that as, yeah. So I kind of let people, when I'm dating someone or I'm talking to someone, I let people kind of know as soon as possible, like as soon as I get kind of comfortable with them, I kind of like just bring it in, kind of slide it into conversation wherever I can, whether that's a guy or a girl. Um, Because, you know, things might seem magical in the moment and like this person's like, oh, you want and like they're really nice to you and they treat you really well, but you don't really ever know people and and you'd hate to find yourself in a situation or a position where you're like deep in and you have feelings and you think you're going to date and then you tell them and they're like can you imagine like that shit would suck so that's kind of why I tell people as soon as possible um so I can avoid situations like that because I would hate that so bad um other than that I don't like let it dictate how I behave or react to things in relationships like sexuality shouldn't like when you're with someone I'm very much a tunnel vision person I'm very much like when I have a person they're they're mine that's who I'm with like I don't being bi doesn't really play into that I mean other than the fact that it'll lead me to date a girl it doesn't really dictate my life that much um or how I behave like to people oh my god those seagulls are still going off shut up it's 10 32 at night literally shut up and go to bed yeah so I, I try and stay consistent, I guess, and have the same headspace whether I'm dating a girl or talking to a guy or a girl. Like, obviously there are differences in the way each, like, gender communicates and, like, I've learned a fucking lot. Let me just tell you, being bi is, like, an eye-opening experience. Like, you learn a lot about the other gender and, the, and your own gender. Like, holy shit, I've learned a lot about chicks that I didn't know being one. But I do, I do, like, make a conscious effort to not kind of gender wash things if that makes sense and like or be like guys react this way girls react this way like I I try and kind of keep it you know based on that person and you know problem solve and love and communicate a person based on who they are rather than like their gender if that makes sense um because a lot of the time people end up surprising us um when we have these gender stereotypes can I speak gender stereotypes in our heads um and it can be sometimes, you know, end up being to the detriment of a relationship. Like, you know, I've dated girls for quite a while now. So if I was to go date a guy, like I would have these stereotypes in my head that I built up and, and I could like use that in a way, like if I was in an argument with someone or, you know, with that person or, you know, trying to talk to this person and, and, and have that genus, that stereotype. And, and that could definitely be to the detriment of the relationship. Like, because that person might turn around and be like, Hey, I'm not like that. And you're like, well, fuck, like, just have fucked up bad. Um, oopsie. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it for that question. I hope that answers that okay. Who did you come out to first? Um, so, yeah, like I said, that was my partner at the time um, of that long-term relationship. I came out to first. And then a few months later, it was my sister and my mom. Someone goes, how do you know for sure what your sexuality is? Advice for people who are unsure. I don't think I know for sure. Like, like I said before, like I'm bisexual right now, but I don't think I know for sure. Like uh, who the fuck knows what's going to happen really. Um, advice for people that are unsure. Don't put pressure on yourself to conform. 
or, or feel pressure to label yourself. There's no time limit on that type of stuff. And I, I just, I hate when people feel pressured to come out and then they, you know, later regret it. Um, wish they'd like, you know, waited a little bit longer. I don't think you'll fully be able to know, like kind of, unless you put yourself in a situation where that can be tested in a sense. So it doesn't have to be having sex with a person, like, you know, fucking around with the opposite sex or whatever. Like, obviously, like, people can not be in a relationship or have sex with someone to know that they like the other gender. Like, that's not how it works. But I mean more so, like, putting yourself in a situation that engages more of an emotional and romantic response, sort of, rather than just being friends. Um, That lets you kind of get to that vulnerable stage and be like, is this, could I really see myself with a person like that emotionally? And, and, you know, would I date that type of person? Um, I find... And you won't always get it right. Like, I know I know plenty of people that have, you know, labelled themselves something and then come back to a later date and realised it was the wrong one. Or, you know, like I said before, people experiment and they'll be like, nah, not for me. Um, but it's your journey and it's no one else's. And I think that's something really important to keep in the f- your frame of mind, whether you have friends or family that are, like, pressuring you to make a decision. Like, that's bullshit. Like, that's not how it works. It's it's your, it's your, um, your journey and you should just take it how... And, and go through it with yourself. It's a very personal, private thing, I guess. Did you find it harder to tell your mum and sister or friends? I kind of... Oh, this is interesting. I, um, they're all kind of different. So I came out to my sister first. I came out to my mum and sister in the same night. Or friends. So I find it harder to tell mum just because I was very overwhelmed with like a lot of different emotions and feelings. And it's kind of the first time that I said it out loud. And I didn't really want to bother her. Like, it sounds stupid, but I didn't want to. We had a lot going on at the time and I didn't really want to bother her. So I found it difficult in that way. But I had the same sort of fear for everyone. You know, I'd been in that relationship for so long prior that I felt like I was sort of, you know, catching people off guard. Gord my lord, catching people off guard and I wasn't sure how they would react. Um, so that's kind of what was harder about it. Coming out to friends was very easy. I cried a lot in everyone. Like I'm a very fucking emotional person. I cry about literally anything, happy, sad, whatever. So this was definitely crying where we were like everyone. I cried in public. I cried. Oh, it was a mess. I was a mess for a few weeks there. Did you find it difficult to come out and was everyone accepting? I didn't find it too difficult to come out because I'd worked very, very hard behind the scenes, like I said, to accept myself first so that if everything went to shit, I was secure with myself and that my mental health wouldn't go absolutely crashing. Like I would have hated that. Um, So I worked very, very hard mentally and emotionally to accept myself before I came out to anyone. So that made it a little bit easier, but everyone was super, super accepting. Um, I know obviously, like I said, gossip and rumors happen. It's just a thing that happens when you're a teenager and you're 17 and you're still in school um, and you're going to an all girl school. Let me add that in there. Decided, you know, to be that bitch that <laughs> becomes gay in an all girl school. Fuck. Um, and whatnot, but close friends and family and everyone and everyone at school, everyone was so supportive. So much so that like that gossip and whatever didn't bother me at all. But yeah, it only really became a problem when I found out people were like making rumors, like I said, about my past relationship and, you know, that person, you know, they copped a lot of shit over it. And that's the stuff that really hurt me because I would much rather people talk crap about me than attack and I mean, in a sense, bully an innocent person who was nothing but accepting of me. And it, it really baffled me. I was like... People can be nasty creatures. Um, I was like, hell, hell abuse at me. Don't hell it. It's someone who had nothing to do with it. It's like I said, it's my journey, not theirs. They they were fine with it. Like it's had absolutely nothing to do with why the relationship ended or whatever. But people decided, oh no, like let's like oh it's fucked up, fucked up man. Why did you decide to come out the way you did? So I came out. <laughs> I hate myself for this. I hate the way I did it. This 17-year-old Rose was a different breed. I came out first to my two closest friends. I came out to everyone individually. Let me just put that out there. I didn't do it in a group. A lot of people do it in groups and whatever. I very much did it individually. I was very fucking scared. Um, I found it a lot easier to face individuals than a group. Yeah, I came out to my two closest friends individually 
might I add, in public at a fucking restaurant. Like, what was I thinking? Having brunch, bawling my eyes out in the middle of Mount Eliza. That was awesome. They know who they are. That's a fun experience. And then I camped everyone at school individually. Like, fuck. It was like fucking speed dating. I'll tell you what. I don't know what was going through my head. It was like one lunchtime. One lunchtime and I decided to come out to my whole effing year level. I just like grabbed people aside and I was like, yeah, bye. But yeah, I, I think, and then after I told like my, you know, solid amount of my friends, I kind of just like left it and let people find out. And then I did, you know, post it, posted the Facebook status, uh, the relationship on Facebook and kind of let people just find out that way. Um, and they could like, cause I'm such an open book. I just like let people ask if they're curious. Like I didn't want it to be a big deal. Cause I was just like the same person, like nothing had changed. Like I was just Rose. I was just dating a girl at the time. Um, and I didn't want that to be like a defining thing about me or whatever. Someone asked for stories and funny experiences about being bi. Uh, <laughs> okay, so when I was, um, there's a few I can think of. When I was coming out to everyone doing that whole like speed dating thing, um, one of my friends, she knows who she is and she's gonna listen to this. I like no one, no one had guessed. Like it was very much catching everyone off guard. Everyone was not expecting it. I was not the person that everyone thought would come out because no one was out at the time. There was no other gay people other than my footy friends um, that would get like out. No one in my level, literally no one at the time that was like fully out publicly as a gay girl, like considering I was at an all girls school. Very, very interesting. Um, but yeah, so I came out to a decent amount of friends and I came out to one friend and there was one person and I was like, oh yeah, I'm bi. And she's like, oh yeah, I know. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was the only person to ever say it. And and she was like, babe, you just cuddle, like extra cuddle. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. She was like, I just knew. And I was like, you fucking lie. I was like, I'm a very affectionate person. That is one of my love languages is like physical touch. So like with all my friends, I go hug them all the time and like, you know, that's just who I am. Like everyone knows me as like, being a very cuddly person. And when she said that, I was like, oh, damn it. I knew it was going to bite me in my ass. Oh, this is kind of funny. So mum had like questioned me before, like before I'd actually come out um, as if I was like with a person at the time and I was so defensive about it. And 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 at the time when I came out to her, I, I said it to her. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm buying whatever. And she was like, oh, I know. Like, again, mum said it. And I was like, the fuck? And she's like, not that you were gay, but I knew you were dating a girl. And I'm like, how? And she was like, child, you came home with a hickey on your neck and I knew that person that you would, you know, your ex does not live there. So clearly, and I was like, fuck. Like, I had this huge hickey on my neck and I had not covered it up. That was not a smart move. Don't recommend that. If you want to come out, you know, on your own terms, don't go and get a hickey from the opposite sex and then come home without covering it up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I was at work once and a h- group of guys walked in and, um, I was just like folding clothes. This is when I worked at Osmosis, a, cl- a clothing store. And I was just like folding my- the clothes, like doing whatever. And, this guy comes up. They're in a huge group. And they're like, I was like, fuck, I don't even know how old. I was like 17 at the time. These guys look like 25. And they were in a group. And they came up. I think it was like a Saturday night or something. And um, they like did the whole like, oh, go talk to her, man. Like stupid shit. And he came over and asked my number. And I knew they were all watching. And it's the first and only time I've ever said this. And it was fucking great. I was like, he asked my number and I was like, looked up at him. And he looked like a douche. Like he looked like a dickhead. Um... Classic like Frankston Eshe dude. And I like looked up it look up at him and I was like, sorry, I don't think my girlfriend would appreciate that. Like loud enough, like just loud enough so his friends would hear it. He you sh- oh, I wish you guys could have seen his face. Fuck me. That was fantastic. That was like amazing. Um he was like, oh, oh, and he didn't know what to say, and I just kept like looking at him and like folding my clothes. Um I'm doing hand gestures right now as if you guys could like see this. <laughs> And then he went back to his friends and they were like shoving him around and shit. And that was fun. Um, I guess the laugh on is like the stereotypes are fucking real. Like I'm not going to lie. Dating girls has so many stereotypes and they were, they are real. They are real. I'm just going to say that right now. Debunking the whole theory. They are real. I've done them all. I've done a U-Haul. I've had, I've had a partner live with me. I've done long distance. I've been cheated on. I've done locally, like a local relationship, short and long term. Like they are all real. Every single one of them. 
Okay. A label stupid. I think they are, but other people are obsessed with them. Why is that? Okay. I think there are two sides to this. Um, I don't mind labeling myself like as bi, um, but I know there are definitely two sides. I think one, there's a good side. Um, like people feel, you know, more secure with a label. They like having something they can just tell people, get over and done with. I think it's kind of unsettling for a lot of people when there's like, like that scary gray area. It just depends on the type of person you are really. And I think that they like to be able to identify with something and then, you know, be feel, maybe feel a little bit more connected to that community and find other people like them and talk about it, et cetera, et cetera. And I think there's a dangerous side to it. Um, you know, exploring your sexuality is like a super vulnerable experience. You know, people are very impressionable, especially young people, especially when they don't have a lot of um, older LGBTQ plus community people to like look up to like members or like idols or whatever. It's very, you know, certain communities can, you know, especially online communities can be very harsh. When I say that think places such as Tumblr and like TikTok and whatever are known to be like involved in this thing called micro labeling. And I didn't really know a lot about it until like quite a little, like a little while ago where I kind of like, you know, educated myself because I've seen more and more TikToks about it. And it's kind of like in a sense where it's like creation of like heaps of tiny little labels under like a main umbrella that make up like the L or the B or the G, etc. like all that type of stuff. And I think it'd be really damaging because I think, I, I don't like them. I think they're stupid. I think in a sense they can be super confusing for people and like roadblock a lot of people from feeling comfortable with who they are because they think they just need to keep micro-labeling and grab that label. Oh yeah, that, that adds to me. And it's like, then they come up with this whole entire, some people's like identification is like a whole fucking sentence and it's like, doesn't need to be that complicated. You know, I think it can be very negative. It can add to the negative side of it when it should be kind of freeing. Um, so I think... They are stupid. I think people should just be able to do what they what they want, but I don't think they'll ever go away. I think it's they're too much. They're too heavily ingrained in our you know our society to ever go away. Someone asked, "Were you ever scared of coming out?" I think I've 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 touched on that. I think I, what I didn't touch on was that I was kind of scared of telling my guy friends a bit more. I'm super lucky to be surrounded by like fucking awesome guys, and they were so cool with it. And now we just talk about hot girls and it's fucking great. But at the time I was very scared about what they would think. I thought they were going to all like ditch me because they thought, ew, gross. But they didn't. They surprised me. They're legends and I love them for that. I could not be more grateful for them. Tips for coming out. Wow. Okay. Take your time. Okay. I'm just going to like fire these off because I've been going, I've been chatting for like fucking ages. Um, take your time. There's no expiry on coming out. Don't feel pressured to have to do it in your teen years if you're not ready, blah, blah, blah. Find one person that you know, either like an LGBTQ plus member or like someone you know will be supportive and tell them first. It's always nice to know that someone's going to be there, you know, through the experience. That's what I find. You know, that's what I did. If you feel like you might be in a situation where someone might invalidate, you know, saying it's a phase, sometimes it can be worth waiting until you have a partner. I know a lot of people find it a lot easier to come out when they have to do when they do it with someone in that way. So that might be an option for you. Do it somewhere where you feel safe. You know, it doesn't matter about them. doesn't matter about the person. It's just somewhere where you feel comfortable, whether that's, you know, whether that is in public so that maybe like if a scene does come, like they can't create a scene, whether that's at home in your bedroom, in your bed, like whether that's over text, you know, just make sure you feel safe and comfortable and that you're in, you feel in control of the situation. Do And I think the last thing I will say is like, do prepare yourself for questions and give people time for adjustment. I think it, it can sometimes catch people off guard. And as much as we would love that people just accept it and move on, we are humans. And this type of news, it can be big sometimes. And people, you know, my mum, you know, it was big for her. She, she had an adjustment period. And I think we need to give people that time and the benefit of the doubt, like the right people will support you and stay. Um, but I think we do need to give that little buffer time to let let it kind of settle in and let it kind of reality set back in. And once they realize it's not that big of a deal, people, you know, nine times out of 10, get over it. So it's sort of like, they're sort of my bits of advice, um, which I did when I came out. Advice for family members and friends of people who are in the process of coming out. Oh, this is a good question. Patience is so important because I've been that as well. I've been a, like a friend to people that have come out and whatever. And, and patience is so important. Like 
we're in a you're in a very vulnerable time you know people might you know switch their mind I know I did switch my mind like so many times kept doubting myself whenever um so patience is a key to to being a, an ally and a supportive family member or friend of someone who's in that process um stay as normal as possible do your best to like keep a routine we kind of go through an identity crisis because it's kind of an uphole of everything that we've ever known since we were born. It kind of sounds dramatic, but it is true. And I, they don't need people treating them differently. So, like, do what you'd normally do at school. Do what you normally do if they're in your sport team. If you're a family member, do keep it normal. Don't ask them about it unless they, you know, come to you. Make sure that, yeah, that they know that you're there and that you support them, but don't be overwhelming. They're already overwhelmed. And I can tell you now, it's a super emotionally draining sort of experience. So don't, you know, ask invasive questions. Just don't pressure. Just be normal. Love them no matter the outcome. I think that goes unsaid, but I think it's a very um, underrated piece of advice that people, you know, kind of take as a cliche, but love them no matter what. Depends what it is. It, it, it really doesn't matter. Um, and have their back. Like, if people talk crap to you about them, defend them. Just because they're not there to defend themselves about their journey or who they are doesn't mean that they don't deserve, you know, to have you defend them. They don't deserve to have their name dragged. No one deserves that. I'll just check if there's any other questions that people have asked. I think of the, the, what I didn't say when I when I... Someone asked how I came out. I didn't say how I actually came out to my mom and sister. So I was <laughs> sitting in bed and I um, I decided to text and I was like, oh yeah, shit, this is a funny story. I should have added in before. Wow, it's only just coming to me now. This is funny to do with my sister. She'll laugh at this. Um, I texted my sister and I was like, that's something to tell you. Can you come down? And I was bawling my eyes out. Surprise, surprise. No. And she came down and she sat on the end of my bed and she was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I'm dating someone and she was like who and I was like guess <laughs> I made her guess and she goes <laughs> she goes she just started firing off all of my guy friends and like my ex and like all of these different names and I was like oh no like all males all straight guys and I was like oh sis you're just on the wrong party I was like I just stared at her and I was like think think and she was like, what? And she just kept naming off all these guys and whatever. And I was like, no. And then she just looks at me and goes, oh. And then said the name of the one person that's been hanging around with me for a while. And, she, and I was like, yeah. And she's like, oh. She was like, I knew it. And she was like, oh. And that was kind of funny. Um, and then I did the same with mum. And then, yeah, like I said, she was like, I know. And then, oh, I was on FaceTime to this person the entire time. Like the person I was in a relationship with at the time. And I thought I put myself on mute. I thought. I was so sure that I was on mute the entire time and I'd shoved the phone under my pillow because I just, like, felt secure having that person there. But apparently I wasn't. And they, you know, just got to experience my entire coming out. My entire coming out to my family. They heard because they were on the phone. <laughs> that is why I'm never doing anything important on FaceTime or call ever again. Ever. Nope, no sorry, not for me. Negative. <laughs> anyway, I think that's it. I've talked for way too fucking long. We are like nearly in an hour. Uh, probably over an hour by now. Fucking hell, I need sleep too. Anyway, I am in a really good position at the moment. I'm happy with who I am. Something that's been very good to come out of this whole experience over the past two years is that I've found myself in a position where like a lot of people feel very comfortable coming to me um, and messaging me, even if they don't know me, um, to ask me questions or, you know, coming out to me. Like they come out because they feel like they need to tell someone and they, and they, and I love that people feel that they can do that because, because I am, you know, and that's why I dub myself this little fairy godmother because a lot of people have. And over my, you know, over the years I've, you know, kind of, not guided people, but just helped people who need it. Um, with not feeling crazy because you're not crazy. No one's ever crazy for questioning their sexuality or anything. I think it's a very normal thing that a lot of teenagers go through. Um, and it should be more of a normal discussion as should a lot of other topics, but it's not. Um, and people feel very scared of, of being judged and stuff, but I would never judge. And I kind of wanted to put that out to you guys. Like if anyone wants to ask me any more questions, like in private or like, 
need someone to talk to about it like I'm here and my DMs are always open and that's the kind of the whole point of this podcast was I wanted to start the dialogue and then you guys continue it and like that's that's just all we can do you know is keep it open keep it a conversation that's me I'm done I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of all things Rosie um and this is just what I'll keep doing I just keep I think I'm just going to keep firing off you know episodes and topics that I care about and that I'm passionate about because this is just what you know goes around my head every day just be kind to people treat people how you want to be treated you know take a second out of your day to tell someone you love them and yeah I hope you guys have a good rest of the week because you'll be hearing this on Wednesday and have a good weekend and I will see you guys next Wednesday Okay, bye!